Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Six Sour Studios. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark, Mark Walters. Walters. Ah, yes, fighting the enemies of freedom. They're out there. If you were listening to that first hour with Dr. John Lott, the enemies of freedom take the form of the gun violence archive, the mainstream major legacy fake news media. And we're going to continue that conversation here with our guest coming up, Kevin Starrett from Oregon Firearms Federation. But before we do that, Greg, over in Dallas, Texas, we're here in the six-hour studios. Crossbreed, Mike, in this hour, X-Insurance bringing it all. Greg, how can people watch us in high definition on their television sets and devices and all that stuff and participate in the chat? Uh, sure, if you want to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. On the right-hand side of that website, you'll see the menu icon. Give that a click, and when that window opens up, you can select that Watch Live option. We've also got the Listen Live option and the podcast link in case you need to catch up on anything you may have missed. If you'd like to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Bing, bang, boom, pow, zam. That puts you in. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Filling your prescription for freedom. Let's get started in the second hour. Kevin Starrett, Oregon Firearms Federation, my brother from another mother out there in liberal la-la land. Kevin, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know of any other way to say it, man. I, I talked to Craig DeLuce from California yesterday, man, and you guys are just talk about fighting the fight. Good Lord, you well, guys are fighting you know, the fight. You know, Mark, the governor of Oregon, the, the governor should always had a policy here that never enact anything that hasn't failed in California. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, and then I, I, I want to have some fun with you because we, this is your first appearance in 2024. We'll get some predictions from you. We'll go back to 2023, get some big stories for you, not just Oregon, but uh, the, the rest of the nation and, and national news as well. But the reason I wanted to talk with you, Statesman Journal on the 9th, just two days ago, from, and it was they, they brought up an AP piece, but the headline is Oregon judge enters final order striking down voter approved measure 114 gun control law. It's a brief piece. Let me read it for the benefit of listeners. An Oregon judge has entered the final order striking down a gun control law that was narrowly approved by voters in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, narrowly meaning a half a percent. Harney County Circuit Court Judge Robert Rascio signed the general judgment on Monday, just four days ago. The judgment finalizes the opinion issued in November, finding the law violated the right to bear arms under the Oregon Constitution. The law, one of the toughest in the nation, was among the first gun restrictions to be passed after a major U.S. Supreme Court ruling last year changed the guidance judges are expected to follow when considering two-way cases. The law requires people to undergo a criminal background check, complete gun safety training course to obtain a permit to buy a firearm. It also bans high-capacity magazines. Measure 114 has been tied up in state and federal court since it was approved by voters in November 2022. The state trial stemmed from a lawsuit filed by gun owners claiming the law violated the right to bear arms under the state constitution. Oregon Attorney General Alan Rosenblum, one of the defendants in the case, vowed to appeal the ruling. 
this is good news, but the cynic says they're going to appeal. How, what's the feeling in Oregon? Tell me what you, as a representative of OFF, are feeling after this. Oh, well, there's no question they're going to appeal. But first, I would like to point out that the photo you have of me on your website, I am 40 pounds heavier there than I am now. But anyway. Uh, um, okay, well, we'll fix that, I promise you. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the state has promised to appeal. They have spent millions of dollars on our lawsuit, which is in federal court. This lawsuit that you're talking about, which is in state court, spending millions of dollars to deprive Oregonians of their rights to implement a measure that cannot be complied with. It is impossible to comply with this measure. Everybody knows that. The state doesn't care. They are determined to end firearms ownership and firearms sales in the state. The judge in Harney County said this is ridiculous. It is clearly violates the Oregon Constitution, which is what the what that case was about. Our case in federal court said it violated the U.S. Constitution. This the case you're discussing said it violated the Oregon state constitution. And then, of course, the state came back and said, we object to every one of your rulings. And here's why. And the attorney who argued on behalf of gun rights, Tony Aiello, a young rising star, utterly smacked them down, completely made mincemeat out of them, in spite of the fact that they send an army of state attorneys to fight this one guy. And the judge just said, no, what I said initially was right. You can't have a measure that eliminates firearms ownership and claim that that's constitutional. But as you pointed out, the state said we have plenty of taxpayer money. We've already spent millions. We'll continue to spend millions. And frankly, we are very nervous about what happens when we get to the Oregon Appeals and Supreme Court. So here's the cynic in me again. Uh, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time, particularly when we're talking Ninth Circuit, particularly in that area of the country. I don't it, it's can we take it as a victory right now? Yeah, absolutely. We should take it as a victory. And we should also we should also take note of the fact that gun owners of America, which funded this lawsuit, had taken yeah. the position early on that they wanted to fight it in state court. And nobody thought that was a good idea, including me, because I believed that in state court we had no chance at all. But they're, they're, they were victorious. They've won multiple times now. Uh, my, my concern, of course, is what happens in the next step when we get to Oregon's higher courts. And I do believe ultimately it winds up in the Ninth Circuit no matter what. But I have to give them credit for having not only come up with this idea, but it being successful and fighting it through so far. But, yeah, of course we take, we take the victory when we can because what it's done is bought us time. It's bought gun owners time because if the measure goes into effect, there's no way gun dealers in the state can survive because it will be illegal to sell guns. Every day that that measure is not in effect is a victory. So, yeah, we're happy to take it. That is a clear violation of not just the state constitution in Oregon, which I'm familiar with, but is also a clear violation of the U.S. Constitution. So it's a, it, it, the strength of this ruling, Kevin, is where this is going to hinge as it moves to the appellate courts, correct? And from what I have read, this is a strong ruling. It's going to be very difficult for the state to argue this. So this is going to hinge on the liberal ideology of a judge, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And keep in mind that one of the judges in Oregon's appeal court is a guy named Jim Egan. And in a case that we filed on a county level here, which we lost, it was a sanctuary law. Jim Egan said this judge said gun owners are racist, white supremacist, uh, uh, anti-Semites. 
That's not not just Oregon firearms, not just a handful of people in county, but gun owners nationwide are racist, white supremacists, anti-Semites. This is a judge sitting on the appeals court, which will likely hear this case. So, yeah, it's very, very concerning that judges in our state are almost always appointed by liberal governors because they have a policy of retiring three months before their term is up. So they're reappointed. Then they become incumbents and nobody runs against them. So the deck is very stacked and anything can happen. But I am not at all confident about what happens when we get we have far, far left judges who get get appointed to the bench, typically because they check a box. You know, they're either minorities or lesbians. And that's, I mean, you know, we're on our second lesbian governor, so we're getting appointed lesbian judges. Not because, not that it matters, except that that's why they're appointed. Not, it's not in spite of the fact, it's because it has nothing to do with their history, their experience, their, you know, their, their knowledge. It has to do with checking, checking the boxes. So it is a very, very dangerous thing. When we when we were fighting this in the beginning, when we were coming up with the ballot title, one of the people assigned to decide what the ballot title was was a retired far left lesbian judge. And, you know, it's the fact that they get appointed because of that characteristic, not right. That's that's what concerns me, not, you know, what their sexual preference is, but but that that's the reason they get appointed. So the deck has been stacked from the beginning on this thing going in that, that gun owners have gotten as far as they have. is truly amazing. Our legislative session starts in February. The Democrats are furious that they haven't been able to ram this down everyone's throats yet. So my guess is they'll try to do the same thing with legislation that they know is unconstitutional, but it won't matter. Because once they enact it, it becomes incumbent on the gun owners to spend millions more to fight it. It doesn't matter if it's unconstitutional or not, because they can do what they want with no liability. Oh, man, you just gave me three more segments with those (laughs) statements. Uh, Because I'm with you. I I use the term all the time, box checkers. Okay, it's what Democrats do. They check boxes. It isn't about their judicial prowess, as you mentioned. It's about what box they check what category they fill, what makes them look like they're diversifying whatever it is they're trying to diversify rather than actual strength of judicial decisions and reasoning. Good heavens, man. So I guess the question, I know we're going to hear, we're get, yeah, there it is right there. We're, get, we're getting ready to take a break. When I come back, when we come back, I'll ask you a question about the strength of the constitutional arguments made in this case and going forward up to the ninth, because we have, you know, we have three judge panels in in California that are upholding decisions, knocking down California's attempt. There's a lot happening, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back from this break, we're going to continue the conversation with Kevin from Oregon Firearms Federation. They are out there fighting. I mean, fighting tooth and nail to save. If you're listening, many of you are listening in Oregon right now. They are fighting literally fighting to save your right to keep and bear arms it is on the line so far big victories at the state level we'll be back to wrap up these conversations for the next three segments with kevin don't go away Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Ah, yes, indeed, freedom, passion, precision, something the Democrats know nothing about. Welcome back to AAR Ranch in Georgia. 
Six Hour Studios lit up for you. Crossbreed Holsters Mike is on. And we are filling your prescription for freedom around the country. X Insurance presents it all. Kevin Starrett from Oregon Firearms Federation. Let's continue this conversation because it is just so important. You mentioned that judge. What was that judge's name again? Did you say Egan or something like that was his name? Yeah, Jim, Jim Egan. Egan. Okay, question for you. Based on those statements, and I, I'm, you know, maybe I'm asking, maybe, I, maybe I'm just stupid, but the, the only question that's stupid in my book is the one that's, that goes unasked. Based on those statements, can motions be filed to have that judge recused because of what he said? Yes, and I'm sure that they will be. Uh, it's interesting that after he made those statements, and we have copies of them. They're on our website. They are so outrageous that you know people think I'm exaggerating this or making it up. But we have verbatim transcripts of what he said. There were many complaints filed against him. We have a judicial review board in Oregon, and of course, every single one of them were thrown out. I mean, how can how can you get away with making a comment that's just so slanderous against half the country? And be treated like, oh, yeah, that's perfectly OK. Yeah. Efforts will be made to keep him off of any decision about this. But ultimately, that decision will be made by the courts, which we have very little faith in in Oregon. I, I, I don't blame you for that. Uh, maybe maybe we're successful with this one judge. I, I, I you know, my gut feeling says, yeah, that that will likely happen. Uh, but, you know, this again, here comes the cynic. How can you get away with making statements like that against half the population? Democrats get away with it every single day in the mainstream media. No one is ever held accountable. And we all know that, not just on Second Amendment related issues, Kevin, but just about any divisive issue in this country, particularly guns. But nonetheless, they get away with it all day long because they have the media carrying their water and they downplay it. Agree with me or the hell with you. That's you know, let's you know, look at the post Bruin tantrum, right? The temper tantrum. Oh, oh, absolutely. Hockley, I mean, how can they do it? They do it. They don't care. Look. Look at how they treated Derek Chauvin in the George Floyd right. case, you know, where the guy's been proven to be guilty of nothing. And yet the mainstream media continues to refer to him as a murderer. And in fact, you know, here in our own state, the last Republican candidate for governor, the Republican who was supposed to be conservative, tweeted on the day he was convicted, guilty justice has been served. That is the, the quality of the Republicans in Oregon who roll over every single day for the Democrats and refuse to fight even when they are guaranteed victory. I mean, the biggest problem we have in the state of Oregon is gutless Republicans who refuse to stand up and do anything because they're all part of the grift. Yeah, and it, it, part of the problem here is the, the grift is a good way to put it. Part of the problem is they understand the electorate and the politics. Now, I'm not giving them any credit. Because that's its weakness and it shows zero leadership skills whatsoever. If any of them had any cojones, they would stand up on their convictions. If they had any convictions, good conservative convictions, and run on a pro-Second Amendment agenda or platform. But they don't because they're afraid of the media coverage they're going to get in a state like Oregon. You know, it, look. Well, you know, Mark, we had we had 10. We had a whole bunch of Oregon senators who walked out to shut down the evil that was going on in this state, who were then immediately sold out by their own leader who provided quorum to pass the gun bills, the, 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 the bad bills that these people walked out to stop. And now those people are not allowed to run for office again. They knew that was going to happen, but they stood up and took a chance to do the right thing. And then their own leader, Senate Republican leader Tim Canope, provided the quorum to go ahead and pass the bills anyway. 
So the fact is, we do have we have had courageous members of the Republican caucus here, but the entire they're all in the Senate. They're all forbidden from running again. And the entire House caucus, which could have stopped these bills without any of those risks, refused to do it, let them pass, claimed they were going to sue over Oregon's, quote, ghost gun bill, promised that, oh, we've collected $25,000. Here's the big cardboard check. And now have all gone into hiding and basically will not even discuss it because they were lying to begin with. Are these guys plants? I mean, you know, you got to ask the question. It's a legitimate question. I put nothing past well, Democrats, Kevin. You know hey, what? go run as a Republican and then we'll control everything. And, well, they can't just say it's because it's all Democrats. We even have you just run as a. Re- I put nothing against these people. I put no- put nothing. These people well, do I mean, anything. We that, that we see that in other states. You know, you a lot of Republicans quote Republicans in Idaho that are actually Democrats. But in Oregon, it's a leadership problem. We had the leader of the House Republicans actually torpedoed good conservative candidates simply because they took money from our PAC. They said, you took money from Oregon Firearms. We're going to torpedo your campaign. And instead put in place a, quote, Republican named Charlie Conrad, who votes for gun control. After torpedoing a genuine conservative candidate named, named Nicole DeGraff, this is a leadership issue. And then when these people get elected, no matter how much they say they're actually on the side of the people, Stockholm syndrome sets in. They're scared to death of standing up. And if they do stand up, their, quote, colleagues shoot them down. Remember, these are the House Republicans who voted 100 percent to oust their most conservative member because he had the nerve to open the building to the people who own it when they shut it down during the COVID pandemic. So they were having all their hearings inside where the public couldn't attend. Mike Nearman opened the door. People came in, got beat up by the cops, and Mike Nearman was expelled by his own Republican colleagues for doing what any principal patriot would have done. What recourse does Mike have? Well, let me they, tell you, know, they you, actually let, let him be convicted of crimes. Let me tell you why I asked that question, because I get sick and tired. And I know you do, too. Listeners, you probably do as well. Particularly, this is going to come up a lot as we go through 2024 and, and get ready to, to hit what is going to be the most volatile, nastiest election campaign this country's ever seen in its history. Not just modern history, in its history. But I get tired of hearing, well, that's you got to vote. You got to vote the right way. Dude, that's not going to change anything in Oregon. You've got how many counties now wanting to pull away from your state? If you look at a quote-unquote electoral map of Oregon, you would think it was a red state. Six counties keep you blue, bright blue, to the point it's like there's no hope. I don't want to hear this anymore. you got to vote the right way. They're not voting the right way, Kevin. What recourse is there at this point? Well, the, the recourse is actually it, it's not easy, but it is simple. And, and the simple recourse is that the Republican Party in this state, which is an amorphous blob that does nothing, has to start doing what the Republican Party in Idaho does, which is grabbing people who claim to be Republican candidates or legislators and saying, we're not putting up with this crap and we're going after you if you vote this way. You know, they've done, the party there has demonstrated real leadership where in Oregon it's like we elect Republicans, period. And they could be satanic Marxists. But if they claim to be Republicans, the party gives them the same support that they would give to a principal conservative. And that's what has to stop. And that's what could be changed if people started showing up at their local county meetings, listening to what's going on. Oh, and saying, We've go. had enough of this crap. I want these candidates vetted. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, and Kevin knows this, this is a generational shift. 
It's occurring. It's going to have to occur. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. This is literally a generational shift it's going to take. When we come back from this break, we'll talk a little bit about 2020. We'll wrap up about uh, about the ballot measure, and then we'll talk about some of the big stories of 2023, get Kevin's ideas on that, and what he sees getting ready to happen, not just in Oregon, but across the country in 2024 as we approach what is going to be a very volatile election, no doubt. We'll be right back with Kevin. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show indeed. As I reach for not a Defender Coffee, but as I reach for a sugar-free Red Bull because I had oh, a couple cups of Defender Coffee earlier today. So there's always that. Defender Coffee's great stuff. DefenderCoffee.com. Use the promo code A-A-R. And visit all of our partners, please, at armedamericanradio.com. They make this show possible as we head into, on April 26th, will be our 15th year on the nation's airwaves talking about your gun rights. And that is a remarkable milestone. We could not do it without our partners, and we could not do it without you and our wonderful affiliates across the nation. So thank you all. All this is being brought to you by the great X Insurance here in the Six Hour Studios today on the Crossbreed Mic. Let's go back to Kevin Starrett, Oregon Firearms Federation, who... I got to tell you, Kevin, you know, I, I talked to Craig Deleuze a lot on air and off air. He's running for Congress in the 6th District in California. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you wake up. I, I, you know, I live in a free state. I could not wake up to this type of left wing attack all day long and keep my sanity. So hats off to you, brother, for fighting the fight. You are the real deal. And I, I want to make that clear. You really are. Me, with what I do, I can do it from anywhere in the country. I'd have bailed a long time ago. But, you know, there's, a, there's this sense that if you do that, you're not, you're not fixing a problem. You're bailing on the problem, right? And it's important well, you that know, people uh, like you stay out there and fight. God bless you. You know, I believe, that, I believe that people have to, you know, make a decision about what the prospects are. You know, my concern is, is that if the if – the, the, there are good conservative people in Oregon who are simply not being represented. And for me, I feel like, you know, there were, there were many years when we won every single battle. And then as the, as the state moved further and further to the left and the Republicans became more and more spineless, these battles have become more difficult. They really have. But for me, it's just a matter of thinking there are really good. A lot of people have left Oregon. Yeah. But there are, and I don't blame them. And I never discourage that because why should they put up with this crap? You know, it's the, one of the highest tax states in the country. And now they want to have three billion dollars more taxes to drive out the few people who are left here. But for me, I look at people who cannot leave, people who have kids here, people who right. have ranches that have been in the family for generations and they'd leave if they could. And if they can't. I feel like our job and the job of activists in this state is to lay down the covering fire to give them the opportunity to find that, that foxhole. But it, it is it's really, really become a dangerous place to live. It's I mean, the left is in control. Bad people are free to walk the streets. Good people are punished. We now have a secretary of state that is openly spying on people's social media with the intention of intimidating them. If 
she claims they're posting, quote, misinformation. It's not. We're very close to a post-political situation. In this state and in this country, you see what our FBI is doing, how oh, people yeah. like you are canceled and endangered. I look, I had a conversation with a staffer for one of our two Republican Congress people, both who voted to give a whole pile more money to the FBI and said, what the hell are you doing? There are people sitting in prison for having been in D.C. on January 6th. Oh, don't worry. We're going to have hearings. We're going to have we're going to have committees look into this. I said, no, they are rotting in solitary confinement. This crap has to stop. you got to get up and, and say yeah. nothing moves in this building until this crap is over. Yeah, this is and banana republic political nonsense. It really, truly is. It's it, they are political prisoners from. It's just a banana republic political prisoner situation. Let's let's um, let's go to some of the demographics. I asked this question of Craig yesterday. California, we see a lot of residents from your state leaving Oregon. And God, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never been to Oregon, and I have many times, it is a god awful beautiful place. Uh, you know, if you've never seen that Columbia River moving through, it's just beautiful. I've been down to that Seven Feathers Reservation. I've driven down that five. It, Kevin, it's it's aesthetically beautiful. But again, the political aspect of it, you've got people who say, you know what? It's just as pretty in Idaho and I'm out. Right. Californians yeah, are fleeing in record numbers They're They what did they do? They destroy. They destroy everything they touch. When the liberals leave, they wreck Arizona. They wreck Colorado. They're trying to wreck Idaho. Now you've got that. That paradigm shift almost. Now you've got conservatives fleeing that hopefully and, and, you know, I'm theorizing that that will change Arizona back to what it should be. And Idaho will remain the way it's supposed to be. Maybe Colorado can shift back if enough conservatives leave. But what is that going to do to your state? It's going to leave you you literally left forever. I, I fear that. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable fear. And, you know, uh, five or six years ago, I would have had a different point of view. But now I see it's hard to imagine reversing this damage. When you see in, in, the, right. in the big cities in Oregon, what they've become is third world toilets where you cannot leave a car because the catalytic converters will be stolen. If you're attacked or shot, the person who did it will not be prosecuted. And they Every time that, they, oh, we're going to appoint a commission to see what the problem is. Well, the problem is you legalize drugs and screwed the cops. It's pretty simple. But no, let's let's appoint a commission to appoint a work group to appoint, you know, a, you know, a committee to look into it. And nine million dollars later, but the, the, the problem is, is that people benefit from these policies. So in Oregon, where hard drugs are legal and people are dying left, right and center and our streets are homeless camps of filthy drug addicts. There are people who are getting paid to administer programs for these drug addicts that nobody uses. So when people come and say, we've got to overturn this idiotic drug law, they show up at the Democratic legislator and say, legislature and say, no, we've got to give it time to work. And by the way, thanks for the $9 million grant you gave me. And then those people give money to the Democrats. You make a $10,000 donation to a Democratic campaign, you get paid back with a $10 million grant from the taxpayer money. So there's no incentive to fix it. And I still believe there's two options in the state. The party gets its act together. And yes, they are in the minority, but they still have they still have things they can do if they just had a pair to do it. That and the county commissioners could stand up and say, we're not taking this crap anymore. 
And yes, there'd be a price to pay for that. There would be a battle. It would be ugly. But years ago, I had a person in Eastern Oregon say, but Kevin, can't the state just crush us? And I said, yes, but they're crushing you now. So get your county commissioners to stand up and tell Portland to go to hell that this crap is going to stop. If that was done, things would change. But, you know, the problem with a lot of conservatives is that they they really don't like those ugly kind of street fights that the left is so good at. Because what does the left do? They break stuff. That's what they do. And that's easy. It's almost as if. Again, just an opinion. I, I could be way wrong on this. I don't think so. But it's almost like they know they can't win. So I better just sit over here and do what I want if I want to keep my cushy state job and my state benefits. If I want to continue to be a quote-unquote, and these are two words, ladies and gentlemen, that, that do not belong in the same sentence, career and politician. But if I want to continue to be a career politician, grift from the state, get my bennies, I'm just going to sit here and lay low because I can't beat these people. They've got bigger bats than I can bring to the table right now, and that's really pathetic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make this clear. Kevin, let me ask you this. If I want to go to Oregon right now and boot smack up my arm, it's legal for me to do that, isn't it? Heroin's legal in, in Oregon, isn't it? Absolutely. I can, I can, with methamphetamine, if I want to, it is legal in Oregon, isn't it? I have a son who's a SWAT cop, okay? Oh, good he heavens, God bless him every day. He, he has walked past people on the street shooting up while he and a partner were in uniform. And the person looked up and said, hey, should I go someplace else? And they were like, nope, nothing we can do about it. But the reality is, is that as outnumbered as they are, the Republicans actually could stop this. And in fact, in years past, when they walked out, they were every one of them who walked out was reelected. Every single one, except one person who never would have won her election anyway. They were rewarded. But instead, they had their Republican Senate leader pass around a poll saying people don't like it when you walk out well you all got reelected. what more do you want you know it's just that they're cowards and they you know they like their offices and they don't want to fight that's it they don't want to fight they don't see any reason to they want to keep their cushy quote-unquote political job when we come back one final segment it'll move quick ladies and gentlemen so buckle in one final segment with kevin from oregon firearms federation let's get some predictions for 2024 not just for oregon but across the country we'll be right back segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. Final segment here at AAR Ranch in Georgia. Six-hour studios lit up for you. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today and every day in this hour of the program in front of the Crossbreed Holsters mic. First hour is the Daniel Defense Mike, and it's all being brought to us today and every day by the great X Insurance. Please visit all of our partners at armedamericanradio.com. Kevin, welcome back. Tell people where they can find you and support you in this incredible battle you, you guys are being are, are having to wage. Well, everything is on our website, OregonFirearms.org. People could sign up for our free legislative alerts there. They can support us there. They can support our foundation, which is underwriting some of these lawsuits. 
if they're Oregon residents, they can get a tax credit for a donation to our PAC. But most of all, they can get information. You know, they can find out what's going on. We put out an alert just a few minutes before I came on the air with you. There was a pre-session hearing in, in Salem today. They're trying to amp up our extreme risk protection order law so they can entrap even more people. We've already had one bill introduced for gun prohibitions that's masquerading as something else. So that, you know, knowledge is power, but knowledge without action is meaningless. So we have always tried to give people the means to respond and bypass the people who are supposed to be representing them and are not. Uh, you know, here's one of my favorite words, macabre, macabre, when you look at it phonetically. But macabre question. Has anybody been killed in Oregon because of these extreme risk protection orders yet? Uh, I don't know, know of anyone having been. I don't know of anyone having been killed. I do know I've heard from people who've, who've been who've basically been, um, you know, what's the word, essentially swatted by it, where right, people right. people got you know made false accusations. And if you you know the thing is in Oregon with that extreme risk protection order, it's just an accusation. You don't have to be convicted or even accused of a crime. Somebody makes an accusation against you, you lose your rights with no due process. It's over. The cops show up at your door. That's the first inkling you have that this is happening. The cops show up at your door and say, you have 24 hours to give us all your guns. But if you're actually dangerous and violent, nothing is done to you. You are still in the play in the home or the place where you act, your accuser is. The house is still full of pipes and knives and stuff. You're offered no mental health assistance. All it is is an unfounded or unproven accusation. And then after that, you lose your rights unless you go to court. And what, you know, here's two things that can get, have your gun rights taken away. Have you bought a gun legally in the last 180 days? That's grounds to have your guns taken away. Do you use legal marijuana in Oregon? It's legal to use marijuana in Oregon, but if you do it, they can take your gun rights away. It's absolutely bizarre. And oddly, this is a law that was brought to us by a supposedly pro-gun Republican senator who has been supportive of our efforts, you know, donated to our Measure 114 fight, but who actually pushed this bill and got it passed. And now they're trying to amp it up to make it even more dangerous. Yeah, to hear this is laughable. Man, we're in an upside down world. We really, truly are. It's just it's crazy what's going on, not just in Oregon, but everywhere. What these Democrats are trying to do to the country. Let's get some predictions. I've made it clear. I believe that this is going to be the most volatile election cycle ever in American history. Would you agree with that? I think it's going to be the most violent election cycle. I think we are past the point where any of this is going to be solved legally or, you know, electorally or lawfully. I think the left is so terrified that Trump can get back into office again and they'll be held responsible that I truly fear for the amount of violence we're going to see no matter what happens. The left is doing everything it can to get rid of not just Trump, but any candidate they will they're using lawfare. They have endless funds. People are getting dragged into court. They can't afford to have these fights. I really believe it is going to be every election is supposedly the most important. I believe this will be the most violent one we've ever seen. I do, too. I, I because neither side is going to accept the outcome in 2024 unless it's completely overwhelming. And I'm talking overwhelming Reagan-esque style and not close in the states. Seven, eight, ten, fifteen point spreads in each state. Otherwise, it's going to be hell on earth. I, I fear it, too. I, so obviously you fear violence coming up. That was going to be one of my next questions. I, I feel the same thing. And I don't feel good saying that at all. Do you get 
the idea like I do that the left is doing everything in its power to bait the right to act violently so that they can then blame us and react? Absolutely. I mean, they've already, we've already seen high-powered leftist, legis- uh, uh, you know, politicians and, and talking heads basically saying, OK, the right just wants war. They just want to kill people. And we, we saw what happened on January 6th, which was clearly a federal operation. They will bait people into it. They will use moles. They will use people that they've inserted into organizations to create violence which will then become the excuse for every kind of restriction and end to civil liberties. There is no question that that's what they're planning. Whether or not they'll be able to implement it, I believe that I I think we're absolutely going to see attempts. And we've already seen it. I mean, we see people who disagree with the administration's agenda going to jail. And if they don't go to jail, their bank accounts are shut down, their social media is destroyed. And high tech is completely in bed with them. There's, there's, there are, the only thing left is outlets like yours, you know, Armed American Radio, some non-conventional, non-mainstream blogs that are telling the truth when the mainstream media is flat out lying and making no pretense about it. Yeah, it is. It is going to get it's ugly now. We no longer live in a republic, but it's a banana republic when our chief law enforcement agency is committing crimes against the people. Things are very, very bad. And I have the same fear you have, and I am not looking forward to it at all. Yeah, I'm not either. It's incredibly stressful. I can't wake up. I, you probably don't either, but I can't wake up and put on, quote, unquote, morning news shows. I can't do it. I can't start my day with that level of stress. I get enough of it in my day, but I know where to go to get it when I need to get it to prep for the show. I don't have to wake up at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning and start listening to this nonsense. I, I for my own mental health, I don't do it. And ladies and gentlemen, I would recommend if you wake up and put on something like CNN Mornings or ABC or NBC Today or any of that nonsense or Fox, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> Start your day. You know what I do, Kevin? I get up and I watch stuff like Lost in Space or Gilligan's Island or Bewitched or something, you know? <laughs> I'll even go as far as admitting I'd rather watch a Katherine Heigl romantic comedy to start my day. There's my man card. I'll put it out there, bro. <laughs> well, I, I can't go quite that far. I mean, I, I, am, I am a big consumer of news. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me stressed. It keeps me on edge. But it keeps reminding me what my enemies are up to. And, have, have you, you seen know, Catherine Heigl? <laughs> Catherine Heigl movie? The visual is far better than Brian Kilmeade. I'm just saying. Uh, I'll watch, watch it with the sound off. Yeah. <laughs> Funny stuff. Can it be fixed? Um, it, it can be fixed when people recognize that it's their responsibility and not the clowns they think they've elected to represent them. So, yes, I have infinite faith in the American people or a portion of them. And I think that they can do anything they choose to do once they start realizing that just because someone says they're on your side, that doesn't mean it's true. I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to end the show on that note because I'm with you on that. I believe it can be fixed as well. That eternal optimism does burn within me. And and I'm very hopeful that that happens in 2024. But it is going to be very volatile. It's going to be messy and it's going to be ugly. There's no question about it. And I hope I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Kevin, Godspeed to you, man. You are fighting out there relentlessly. Oregon is lucky to have you. You Oregon listeners right now tuned in. Thank him. Visit Oregon Firearms Federation, OFF.org. Did I get there? It's OFF.org, right? Oregonfirearms.org. And thank, Oregon thank you, Mark, for what you do. 
Absolutely. We'll do it all day, every day. Looking forward to having you back on. We'll bring you back on the Sunday Monster Cast coming up soon. Kevin Starrett, Oregon Firearms Federation. Thank you, brother. Wow. Ladies Thank and you. gentlemen, it is a fight out there. It is a fight. And, and they, are, they are in it neck deep. God bless them for being there. Guess what? We're going to get up and do it again tomorrow because they don't want us to. So until we meet on the radio, carry on, carry often, carry absolutely everywhere. Never leave your cave without your club. Enjoy your day. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow from the ranch. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. Uh